0: Welcome to Roots and Routes, where we journey across continents and generations. I'm your host Lena. Join us as we delve into the childhood stories of amazing guests. We'll investigate those pivotal moments, uncovering how culture, traditions, and family values shape dreams. From bustling cities to quiet towns, old-school wisdom to new-age innovation. We'll piece together how parenting styles intersect with personal journeys. Whether you are a parent, educator, or curious soul, get ready for heartwarming stories and deep conversations that broaden your horizons. Hello everyone, welcome to the very first episode of Roots and Routes. I'm Lena. As I sit here today, behind the microphone, looking at this beautiful city view of San Francisco, I can't help but ask myself a question which has also become the heart of this podcast. How on earth did I end up here? I mean, seriously, a Chinese girl from this tiny town in East China where I basically knew everybody as I grew up. And now... I am in the heart of the bustling, tax savvy and wildly diverse city in the world. How did this happen? Just like many of you who came from different corners of this planet, with different backgrounds, first languages, the childhood experiences, I now call this place home. Currently, I'm pursuing my master's degree at University of San Francisco while managing the responsibilities of raising two little human beings in San Mateo. Let me tell you, every day in my journey through motherhood feels like a brand new adventure. I often find myself feeling totally disconnected from my children's childhood because it's nothing like mine. I wonder if any of you parents out there are related Or someday, when you look back at your own childhood, does it feel like a different universe? How do you take those lessons from your past and apply them to parenting today? One day during my family's dinner, I decided to dig into my parents' childhoods. They shared some memories that honestly sounded like they were from another planet. I couldn't help but wonder how to bridge these seemingly unrelated childhoods and generations. It's like we're all living in our own little bubbles, connected only by our present, our multicultural lifestyle, and sharing our homes. But isn't there more to it? Somehow, I wanted to know more about my childhood. I wanted to think more about it. I wanted to have conversations with my kids about it to uncover hints about how I became the person I am today. I want to document these precious memories. I want my American friends to see a different side of me, a unique life and the reality that's part of my identity. I want to unravel the mysteries of parenthood. What did we inherit from our parents' parenting experiences? And how did we grow from them? And how do we continue to learn? I want to challenge all of you to ask these questions too. I dare you to share your childhood stories with someone you love, someone who knows you but not fully yet, someone you want to show this missing piece of your life which is often buried in the past. In this very first episode, I'm going to kick things off by delving into my own background and childhood memories. From here on out, I'm going to invite some truly incredible guests to join me. And these guests could be anyone, a successful leader, a change maker, an artist, a politician, a scientist, a business person, you name it. What sets them apart is not just their professional achievements, but also their creative and unique perspective about this world. Oh, and here's a twist. Most of them are parents, just like me. I'm going to ask them to share their most intimate childhood memories with me, the kind of stuff you don't normally hear in your typical professional setting, the rare local culture that you can find in any book, We're going to dig deep, peel back the layers, and try to find those dots that link their past to who they are today and how they're shaping the future generations. So stay tuned, because Roots and Routes is about to take you on a journey of self-discovery, memory, and connection that's unlike any other. Believe it or not, my very first memory from childhood goes all the way back to when I was just a baby. I know, scientifically speaking, babies are not supposed to have memories. But trust me, I really do remember this. I've got this vivid recollection of lying in the baby bassinet, feeling all fuzzy, crying, and bored out of my tiny mind. Then all of a sudden, My parents put a radio right next to my ear, and just like that, I stopped crying and became absolutely fascinated by that little box that was magically making sounds. Now looking back, I think that might be the moment when my love for all things audio started. I was born and raised in this small town in China, a place that had once been the hub for mining minerals back in the 1970s. My very first home was something quite out of ordinary. It was one of those rare apartment buildings with public hallways that you'd probably never come across in the United States. Each family in that building had either one or two rooms and that was the extent of their private space. These rooms all opened it up to common hallways, which meant that your neighbors were literally your next-door neighbors. Each floor had this communal restrooms shared by everyone on this floor. I still vividly remember the restroom that had this old-style squatting pot with string hanging from the ceiling for flushing water. I remember I used to play in those hallways with the other neighborhood kids, riding my tricycle around, laughing my heart out. My mom was chasing me around, trying to feed me my lunch. During that old time, everyone kept their doors open most of the time. I would just walked right into my neighbor's place and sat down at their dinner table, joining their meal without a single invitation. You know, sometimes what I really miss about Asia is the sense of closeness between people, that lifestyle of living in close quarters and being surrounded by a crowd, something you don't really see that much in the United States, where folks tend to value their private spaces more. But as kids, we absolutely loved it. We cherished that natural intimacy with unstructured societal courtesy and manners. That was kind of raw, but somehow it made my heart feel warm whenever I thought about it. Seemed to last forever. It's a world where everything is known and worth knowing. A moment where everything is good and nothing is lacking. It's a world where nothing is evil and everything is possible. A moment where everything is believed and nothing is questioned is a world where everything is clear and nothing is hidden a moment where you think the story is the way the world is a moment is when you can say if you were ever young if you ever had a childhood My parents both came from working-class backgrounds, and I was born in the early 1980s, during a time when China still enforced the one-child policy. Unlike my generation, my mother didn't have the luxury of long maternity leave. She had to return to work just one month after giving birth, and I had to stay at the daycare for most of the time. My parents didn't have the privilege of receiving higher education. In fact, my dad, who hailed from a smaller village, didn't even finish elementary school. However, they naturally understood parenthood. To love their child unconditionally and allow them to be their true selves. Unlike the stereotype that suggests Asian parents are all about high academic achievement, my parents never really pushed me to achieve certain academic goals. They were very supportive and respectful when it came to my choices on my learning path. I had two years of violin lessons in my early elementary years assigned by a teacher who believed I had talent for it. But in the end, I found no interest in pursuing becoming an expert violin player. So I told my mom that I wanted to quit. I believe many Asian parents nowadays would not support this decision since we had already invested two years in this path, and they believe quitting is simply a negative attitude. However, my mom asked me if this is really what I wanted, and I admire her trust in me, believing that I could make my own decisions even though I was just a kid. Being a parent now has made me realize that it's never easy to hand over important decision-making to a young child. She received a lot of peer pressure back then from other parents who thought it wasn't the right choice to let me quit the violin, especially since I would be wasting my talent. But my mom let me decide. She listened to me, and after that talk, she canceled my weekly violin lessons. Reflecting on this, I've come to appreciate the beauty of allowing children to make choices, even if it means quitting a path that doesn't bring them joy. Therefore, I always thank my parents for listening to me and supporting my decision. I believe the way my parents treated my judgment and decision-making played a significant role in how I forged my own path. Throughout my childhood, I made every major decision at my crossroads by myself. I discovered my passion for storytelling in my early years. I spent a lot of time reading books, listening to story tapes, and drawing my own storybooks while asking my dad to write down the words for them. I was identified as an early talker, an advanced child with a sharp memory, and I never hesitated to shine on the stage under the spotlight. I remember the first time I heard my voice in the air. It was when I was in preschool, reading a script assigned by the host as a child voice. When I was about five, I was on stage co-hosting with the adult for the local television station. The host asked me a question. What do you want to be when you grow up? I answered, I want to be a journalist. During my elementary school years, I entered many writing contests and published some kids pieces in National Kids magazines. I remember when I received the checks for my magazine pieces, my dad took me to the bank to open my very first bank account. I have always been a school radio, events, or television station host. I founded the first school magazine when I was in high school. I believe this path of mine can be traced back to my dad's passion for writing. Even though he didn't finish elementary school, he found a way to continue adult learning after he had me and actively submitted his own writing pieces to newspapers and magazines. Whenever he received his checks, he would take me to enjoy delicious dumplings from street vendors as our celebration. He always encouraged me not to be shy about showing my work and participating in all the contests, not just for winning prizes, but to gain experiences. One of the most pivotal moments in my life occurred during the summer break before I started high school. In that summer, I participated in the National Youth Acting Competition. I passed all the city contests and traveled all the way from my small local city to the national capital, Beijing. For the first time in my life, I left my hometown, a tiny place that you probably can't even find on maps, and ventured to one of the largest cities in the world. This experience changed my perspective on the world. Something inside me was enlightened, and I realized there were bigger dreams out there for me to chase beyond my beloved hometown. I knew that one day I will go somewhere very, very far away. And just like that, After finishing my high school, I left to the capital city of my hometown province for college. In my last two years of college, I was a part-time host in the city radio station. After college, I left for Shanghai to pursue a career. Over the 10 years of living and working in Shanghai, I built a rather impressive resume. I started at a local event company in Shanghai. From there, I journeyed all the way to the Silicon Valley unicorn Uber, where I hustled with a group of super pumped Uberers changing the world. Every step of my life journey, I ran faster and further. Sometimes I looked around in my office where located in the heart of Shanghai with beautiful view of the bond. Everything around seemed so far away from where I came from. All my colleagues are either from prestigious academic backgrounds or had overseas life and study experiences. But I never found that different from them. I never found my childhood less shining than theirs. On the contrary, I think my childhood was the best childhood a child could have ever had. Full of happiness, freedom, love, and most importantly, the lens to see a different world that is more grounded, more humane, and more diverse. In the next upcoming episode, we'll have our very first guest, Ethan Yang, a social innovator whose resume speaks volumes about his accomplishments as a designer, creative director, and educator. With a career spanning 15 years, Ethan has led creative teams at Uber, Lululemon, Ogilvy, and Sachi and & Sachi, earning global accolades, including the prestigious Ken's Young Lion Award, but Ethan is much more than just his professional achievements. He's a father, a son, and a cancer survivor. What actually happened with cancer and with all the work I'm doing these days, the beginning of everything was I became a workplace photo. this gap. And if you think about it, all these things was just because the train left the station. Ethan is the visionary founder of Not Entirely Dead, a social enterprise dedicated to championing cancer survivors. In recognition of his impactful work, it was named the 2022 Social Design of the Year by American Institute of Graphic Arts and the 2023 World-Changing Idea by Fast Company. Stay tuned as we delve into an intimate conversation with Ethan, exploring his childhood, parenting, and personal journey that made him who he is today. My husband and I moved to the Bay Area from Shanghai in 2016, embarking on a new chapter in our lives, first-time parenthood. I quit my job at Uber and decided to become a full-time mom. I remember the night we landed at San Francisco International Airport with only two suitcases, as we jumped into a rented car and started driving on Highway 101 in the darkness. I looked at the big, bright full moon in the sky, thinking of a well-known joke in China. The moon in foreign countries is rounder. I was amazed by how round that moon indeed was in the sky of the United States. Being a stay-at-home mom in a new country is not easy, but it's also very exciting I added a new title to my resume to fill the gap years in my career – CFO, standing for Chief of Family Operations. Six years of being in the stay-at-home parent community have given me a different perspective on this job. I started advocating for them, writing blogs and doing podcasts in Chinese to share my parenthood journey, and vocalizing all the challenges and hardships that stay-at-home parents face. Meanwhile, I discovered my new path, learning about raising children in the multicultural environment, which I found to be more challenging than all the work I had done in the corporate field. After my second child went to preschool, I started finding my way to get back to the work field. A six-year career gap is no joke. I reached a point where I wasn't sure how far removed I was from my previous professional path. Moreover, that path had taken a new direction, one I had no prior experience with. Where was I now? Where was I headed? I stood at another crossroad in my life, reflecting on my choices and wondering about my future. Throughout those years, including a global pandemic, I never had the chance to revisit China. Somehow, my connection with China started to weaken. One day, as I tried to recall a road I used to walk every day in Shanghai, I couldn't remember its name. Had I forgotten it? Has Shanghai already become that distant from me? I was a bit shocked and a bit sad. While I fully embrace my new life in the United States, China seems like a place that only stays with me for the first half of my life. I like the way it stays in my memory, and I like the way it preserves my childhood. It's my roots. And now, I'm searching for my new routes. As a passionate storyteller, I realized that to reach a broader global audience, I must use English as my primary language. As a non-native English speaker, I used to believe that I could never be as proficient in English as I am in my native Chinese. I felt limited in my ability to express and narrate stories in English with the same effectiveness and vividness. So I decided to go back to school in the United States to sharpen my English skills. I remember the first day I went to the community college in San Mateo. I felt so happy to be back to school as a student. I told my professor that my goal is to become a native English speaker. However, my American English professor told me that there are no true native speakers in real life because language is inherently personal and adaptable. Chinese will forever remain an important role in my roots, not a weakness, but a strength. In that enlightening moment, I decided to fully embrace my bilingual identity. So here I am, launching this podcast in English, drawing from my perspective and a personal background to offer you a diverse lens through which to view parenthood, childhood, life, and the world. Thank you for tuning in to the first episode of Roots and Routes, where I have shared my childhood life journey and the podcast origin. I'm Lena, your host, and I'm thrilled to have you join me on this journey. In our next episode, I'll be talking to my dear friend, Ethan Young, a father, a son, and a courageous fighter who has been battling workplace stigma and championing social justice for all cancer survivors. Remember that every story has its roots, and every journey has its routes. We are here to explore them all. See you next time.